0: Welcome back to In the Spotlight with me, Liesl. This is where I share interesting and inspiring stories of people who have crossed my path with the hope to inspire and entertain you. My guest this week is my English friend Theodore Bryn, who was once a world wanderer cycling 10,000 miles by himself from Hong Kong to England and is now an established author and public speaker, about to release the fourth novel in his critically acclaimed historical fiction series, The Wanderer Chronicles. I talked to Theo about what led him to crossing the world by bicycle 13 years ago and the dreams he had that became a reality in the years that followed. I hope you will enjoy and be inspired by his story. (laughs) Theo, thank you so much for joining me today. I am so excited to see you again, after probably not seeing you for about, um, I think we've just worked out about six years. Um,
1: I know, it's wonderful to see you again, Liesl. You look very well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, haven't aged a bit. (laughs) Well, you haven't.
1: (laughs) Well, Zoom is kind to everyone, I think. So, no, I'm sure you you look very well.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. I know you are very busy at the moment you have a new book coming out next week on the 5th of October and um, I I therefore really appreciate that you make the time to speak to me tonight now um, this is all about inspirational stories and I, I met you in back in 2011 where um, my sister and I was on a small so she came to visit me in London. We were on a small trip to Europe and ended up also visiting the October Fest in Munich. And it was one of those days where you obviously you have to run and rush and get a table. And we ended up on this table with you and your brothers and sister-in-law and I think one or two friends who were also there. Right. And um, it's actually amazing how you meet people. That's a good 12 years ago. And, um, you know, they really leave an impression and, Uh, I think the big thing at the time was that through our um, beer hall session we found out that you were actually (laughs) cycling all the way you have been cycling all the way from Hong Kong back to home in Norfolk in England and um, obviously I just found that fascinating Um, so
1: I know and that was the high point of the the whole trip. I mean, I i can't tell you how long I'd been looking forward to the Octobre <laughs> Fest yeah. And in fact, even to be there to, you know, for the synchronicity of meeting you, I've been pedaling extra hard, I think from about Georgia, because I worked out, wow. which, you know, for your listeners is, is maybe, I don't know, 1500 miles before that um a, a sea crossing of the Caspian I think and I just remember working out the days going I definitely because it was the last weekend I think of the Oktoberfest and I was like we've got to make it I've got to make it to that because I'd sort of built you know going through all these you know deserts and gale force winds and over mountains I for some reason I'd had the Oktoberfest as this kind of happy place that I was aiming to of course and uh, there you were waiting to 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 make this connection. So I'm <laughs> glad that we can kind of remember that moment, uh, whenever it was, twelve years ago.
0: Yeah, which is amazing. It's hard to think how much happened since. So, of course, that's also a reason why I wanted to have you here. Is um, there's so much that happened since then. Um, but um, I think we need to go back to to your whole story, which I would love. For you to share with with the listeners on um how you ended up on having that ride um and what what brought you to today where you are a writer you've become a writer and
1: I'm going to give everything away well I it depends I can give it the long the long run up or the I'll give it a medium <laughs> medium <runner. clears throat> but I was thinking um I was thinking about this question because I knew we were going to talk about you know this big transition so I used to be a lawyer I was a uh, qualified as a law uh, international arbitration lawyer in the city of london so i worked for a couple of magic circle firms but i was always trying to leave the law i left it three times i think and mm. after the second time i had okay i'm just going to sort of take the overview for a second so now i'm an author um i can look back at the life of that guy 12 years ago 13 years ago and it makes more I can make more sense of it because of what I now know about story. And because of you know, the the when I as I'm writing novels, I'm always interested in like the motivation of the character. Like, why do they make one choice over another? And I can look back at that time and and go, there was this very strange sort of self-sabotage going on in my life from maybe. 2010, or no, sorry, before that, but 2008, 2009, 2010, and I had taken a job in Paris where I was. Um, it was it was like the best legal practice, pretty much in the world for international arbitration, with a magic circle firm called Freshfields. I was in a relationship with this beautiful journalist who could speak a million languages, and she was very talented. And we sort of on living on this romantic uh one of the most romantic districts in in paris the Ile saint louis and um and then i sort of torpedoed the whole thing (laughs) i started making decisions which i can only explain in terms of there was the quest in me if you like thinking myself slightly objectively as a character was like to to find that authentic life that actually felt like it was me living in, if that makes sense. It felt like I was living what on the outside looking in looked like a perfectly great life, but it just wasn't mine. And so I kind of quit my job, this high-paying job. Um, I sort of rattled this relationship until it basically broke. Um, And then I ended up taking a job. I did a year actually, um, in Oxford, uh, a sort of academic year. Well, meanwhile, the world melted down in 2009. And then I ended up going out to Hong Kong to try and sort of get back into some sort of career, um, in this very mediocre legal job, um, as a general counsel for a biotech firm out there. And it was, it was just a very sort of low period of my life. I'd sort of, cut every, I ended up, sharing a room my brother was out there who you met in the beer yeah, hall yeah, in, yeah. in the Octoberfest, <laughs> um and his wife and uh they were living out in hong kong so they had two sons i ended up literally sleeping on the floor of my nephew's room so i'd gone, kind of gone from this beautiful flat mm-hmm. in paris with a beautiful fiance and a great job and just destroyed it all and up uh, on the floor in yeah. in hong kong and and there was a you know things obviously stirring i was in a in you know in a very negative place and obviously i started asking questions like what am i doing with my life like why have i brought myself to this point um and so there was quite a lot of reflection going on a lot of disillusionment again with the law it just did not interest me at all but meanwhile in that year of um the sort of year between those two jobs when i was studying in oxford i had an idea for a series of what proved to be a series of novels so i kind of had that but i wasn't a fiction writer i would never written a word i never put a sentence together in terms of making up a story so i um but it was sort of stirring in the back of my imagination and um there was one evening uh, meanwhile i was kind of just going through the motions with this job um but occasionally I' would go I don't know if you know Hong Kong at all, but there's a yeah. on on Hong Kong Island there's a big a big mountain called a peak and you can stand on the top of the peak and look north at the Chinese mainland and sometimes I'd go out there for walks or a run or whatever and I just sort of stop find myself staring across the met to the mainland going what would it be like if I just put on a pair of hiking boots and started walking and I just walk kept walking. <laughs> So this was sort of a daydream and um meanwhile um you know ideas for the story would were growing and i just started to realize like or joking with people about the idea of like yeah what if i just tossed everything in the bin and i just became a writer maybe that was sort of my pipe dream if you like was not so much the travel it was more the pipe dream was to become a novelist even though i didn't really know what that entailed or, or what that involved and um so at this quite low ebb a friend of mine organized a um said that there's this life coach has come to town and she's kind of she's american she seems to be quite helpful so why don't you meet up with her and see how that goes so i didn't really think much of it but i arranged to go to this meeting and i'd filled in this kind of psychometric test that um was the precursor to having the meeting with her and in the first and i kind of took my lunch to break off walking down through hong kong in the sweltering heat the skyscrapers thinking you know feeling again sort of down not really expecting much not thinking this was a day that was going to change my whole life (laughs) and so turned up at this meeting and the first half of the meeting she really just sort of read back interpreted this form and was kind of reading back my um my personality to me and i thought that's right, that's That's so weird, how do you know who I am so accurately? So I really listened. And then we started talking about what my plans might be for the future. And I started sort of talking about writing and saying I didn't really wanna be a lawyer anymore. And I tried to leave it a few times. Um, and maybe I need to go back to England and become a teacher. And then if I taught in the, in the holiday time, maybe I could do some writing and see whether that actually goes anywhere. And she just was kind of going mm, okay okay and i said there is this other thing it's more like a daydream which is as i described to you you know put on a pair of hiking boots and just walk off like and not not write stories enter into the story like sort of enter into my own story and she kind of looked at me and smiled and went mm. and then <laughs> three words that completely changed my life she said what's stopping you and i went away from that meeting Uh, and i had this this kind of the first kernel if you like of joy in my heart that i'd felt for a long time and this sort of something just was birthed in that moment and and so i started actually taking that idea more seriously and although you know it developed over a few months and uh, uh, when i started to understand how long it takes to actually walk anywhere substantial in terms of distance <laughs> i i downgraded to the bicycle <laughs> so i think it was about five months later um wow. i got a bike from sent out from england one of these kind of long distance um i don't know what you call it v- very strong sturdy you know can take panniers um long distance um ride by sort of epic ride bicycles and um yeah and then said goodbye to my brother and his family and off <laughs> I started yes I am
0: um, so that was that, that, that was why
1: <laughs> <laughs> the long version of why
0: no um but that's exactly what what we want to hear you know and want to understand you know want to understand because I think that the show that was so brave you know and so many people. You know you talk about that longing of um, knowing that sometimes you live you feel like you are living a life that's not really your life you know but you feel kind of too stuck not stuck but you want to make a change but you are not might not have the guts or might think well I can't do that or how am I going to survive if I do this thing that I actually would love to do and I think in the last five years or so I've 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 learned a lot and I've thought about that a lot, you know, and I found out that it's so important to go and you can design your life. You can design by space You should really base on thinking, what would I love to do? Um, mm. what would I love to do and, and and follow that because that's actually what in your heart is telling you what you what your life is supposed to be, what what your soul really wants to do.
1: You know, there's 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 a few different threads in terms of what might guide you forwards in life you know towards what you you know there's purpose there's your identity there's your passion i suppose there's meaning in the sense of like you know what do you get what do you where, where do your values lead you towards yeah. and i i had i mean there was that meeting with the 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 counselor lady but actually before that um i'd had uh, there was a, a friend that come to town with my, with my cousin for the hong kong sevens and we'd gone out the night before. And so he'd learned, I, it was the first time I met him, he'd learned a little bit about me. I'd sort of told him what I was doing. He told me what he was doing. And then the next day I had to go into work. It was a Saturday. And he went off to, he with everyone else went off to the rugby sevens and, you know, there's beer and, you know, they, it's quite a party yeah, yeah. day in Hong Kong. And I so I met up with him much later in, in the bar district called Lan Kwai Fong um and he was there by this stage he was quite you know he was merry he was tipsy he wore these little glasses and they were all steamed up and I was stone cold sober and he he was sort of I ended up talking to him in the corner and he was he was like Theo Theo just look at you what are you doing with your life man what are you doing what what have you ended up here and I was just like Okay, just take a knife and stick it in my heart. <laughs> and at the time, I was living on a um, on a boat. Actually, wasn't even connected to the land. I had to get this little sampan motor guy to come and take me to the boat. And so the next day, I woke up in the boat, and I was like looking in the mirror, and I I'm not joking. I saw I was 33 years old, and I just saw death looking. I saw like I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> but in the sense that life requires something to aim at and something some purpose so it's a sort of long way of looping back to what you were saying which was just something as basic as like you've got to go from a to b a happens to be hong kong b is back in england Mm -hmm. but just that was enough of like an objective a goal it's like just something to get me moving again um and you know to not to not to sort of cut to the end cut to the end of the story too much but uh, uh, when I got back to England a friend of mine sort of asked me to sum up the whole thing this whole yeah. journey that in one word yeah. and quite automatically I just said alive and it was this sense of kind of a al- like having that being kind of dislocated if you like from my own life and like that inner truth of who you are having over the course of this journey just coming way 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 closer i mean there's still distance to go and still you know developments to to come after that but it was a sense of like okay now i feel like i'm sort of that gap is closed and and now what do i do with the next step, but at least I just have sort of felt myself for it for for the first time in about three years. So it was it was an important important journey. Well,
0: Ten <laughs> thousand miles through twenty countries, basically over a year. Over a year? Yeah, that's right.
1: Just over a year. I remember yeah.
0: you saying that during the winter you couldn't obviously cycle too much. When in the winter you spent some time in China, were you working with China? Where were you working? From? Yeah,
1: that's right. I got to the city of Xi'an. Which um, anyone who knows a little bit about ch- Chinese culture might remember, might know, have heard of the terracotta warriors, <laughs> to these that, yeah. um, life-size sculptures or whatever you would, des- however you describe them, statues. But they come from Xi'an, so it's it's quite, it's basically right in the slap bang in the middle of China. Um, and so I got from Hong Kong to there in the autumn stopped there got a job teaching English and also did as much learning of Mandarin as I could Wow! stopped there for about four months and then I was waiting 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 I mean I never watched the change of a seed season so carefully like almost minute <laughs> by minute because I was I, 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 I was entirely entirely my own master like if I decided to go I would that was it so i was waiting for this the buds to come out on the trees and then i thought okay because i didn't want to get stuck out in the desert in the west in freezing colds you know gale force winds and all the rest of it so i think i judged it pretty well in terms of timing um so i left in about i think it was april the 6th 2010 no would that be 2011 mm-hmm. sorry 2011 i left xi'an and then I didn't stop again until really well, I mean I stopped for a few days, but I didn't stop um in terms of the journey until until I got home. Wow. And that was another uh what was that? Six and a half months, I think, from from Xi'an back to England. Because you
0: were be back in October. So it started. Yeah. In- yeah, so six so months. One year. And I know, I mean. I know you've done talks about your whole journey and um, describing things in detail. So it's really hard, you know, in a, in, in, in a few sentences, probably to say what was a highlight, what was the best part of this whole experience. I, I think you actually said that with the whole thing of, you know, you know some of yeah. you were alive, um, but is there anything or any place that stand out for you or you would be so fond of that you would want yeah, to... Yeah, I think
1: there's quite... There's there's an interesting moment, right? Almost the midpoint of the whole journey, if you like, which, I mean, to give you some sense of the scale of how big China is, like if if <clears throat> um the whole journey in kilometers anyway was 17,096 kilometers, yeah. so 10,685 um, miles, and China was 7,000 uh, kilometers. So 7 out of 17,000 was yeah. China. So in the far west of China, um, it gets incredibly um, stark, the 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 landscape. You know, you've got the the Taklamakan Desert, and the Taklamakan is a, a Uyghur word that means once you go in, you never come out, wow. which is quite a sort of challenging <laughs> Challenging label for a long-distance cyclist um on his own. And so there was a day when I was really just shattered. I was trying to get to the the city of Arumchi, or Wulumuchi, as they go in, in, in Mandarin, uh in the quite far in the sort of northwest. And I'd done days and days of just probably hundred miles or more in quite brutal, wind. the prevailing wind was from the West. So I was basically headwinds all the way. And uh, on a couple of days had been, in fact, the, the day previous to this story had been reduced to literally getting off my bike and just pushing this bike step-by-step step into this kind of 40 mile an hour wind with these huge wind turbines going going like billy, like 500 of them on, in some desert plain and then mountains in the distance. And, and it was, you know, it was a hundred and something miles till this city so I thought this is going to yeah. take a very long time and I that previous afternoon I would got a a puncture I'd said to, my pride was getting in the way I was like I'm not going to ask anyone for help um, but eventually I was sort of broken down to the point of like well if someone stops and offers help maybe I'll take it, <laughs> I'll take it. And, and then I got and then at that moment I got a puncture. I don't know if like the big man upstairs was was having a, a laugh, um, sort of trying to grind me down into, into submission, but um, he, I had a puncture that I was sort of sat in a, in a grump changing this this uh, um, puncture and then a police, police car pulls up and asks me whether I was all right, did I need some help? And I was like, yes, I do need some help, please. So anyway he put he put my bike in his boot and drove me to this petrol station about 20 kilometers further on and i and they just let me bed down for the night in this empty room and i and i thought right i know this i know the the rhythm here in the morning there's no wind the wind seems to build over the course of the day so i'm gonna get up fantastically early like 4am i'm go i'm getting up i'm gone i've got 100 miles to go to the city so I wake up at that time, go outside, just gale force again. And <laughs> I'm so, oh no. I hadn't got any food. I'd run out of food, was running out of water, and again was just reduced to, to to walking. And 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 that was the point of I think the whole journey where I was just going, I didn't know what the future held for me. I all I knew of my entire life up to this point had led to this kind of trudge. Up this hill with this bike, and and my whole life was just concertinaed again to three words. This time it was I don't care, I don't care, I don't care, I don't care. And I was just in this so like in existential nakedness, if you like. You and the sun comes up, yeah, to, just oh, utterly. I have to get through this, just yeah, utterly stripped back <laughs> uh, to nothing, to my nub, as it were, and then. And then the sun came up and it was kind of beautiful as well as hard with the wind. And again, my pride just said, okay, right. And I came to, that's why right, I came to a sign and it said 90 miles to a And I was like, Oh no. So, um, I stuck out my hand and honestly in about two minutes, someone pulled over this truck, like think a truck with a, a sort of, pickup truck with a, a space at the back but a cab of about with four people and so they just slung my bike in the back and then I got in the cabin it was these three Uyghur um, clothes traders um and this quite you know sort of nice looking lady like she was probably only 20 sat next to me two guys in the front and they were chatting to me and uh, my broken mandarin and met their Uyghur and suddenly it's you know that sort of encapsulate and then they drove me to 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 uh, Urumqi I give them 20 yuan or 200 yuan or whatever it was and and there I am I arrived and so that sort of moment encapsulates almost this ridiculous uh, scope of utter despair to just in a moment you have this beautiful uh, interaction with the people of the place seeing this incredible I mean you just wouldn't believe the landscape like the colours of the mountains, the s- clarity of the sky, like just out of a dream, you know? And yeah. and yet this is where they live <laughs> and they're going to go and sell some clothes in Orochi. <laughs> so then, you know, it's it sort of, if I had to pick a moment, that that really summed up the whole thing for me.
0: And isn't that the stuff that makes, well, for me, you know, whenever I've had this amazing experiences in another place, in another country with different people, I just always feel so alive you know so like, yeah this is so special this is just this is what it's almost about you know these experiences so i can imagine that you felt that aliveness even though you've just <laughs> you knew that you you yeah. You know, it was yeah so- i mean
1: <laughs> i was shattered I, I found a hostel in in a room chi and I, I i i can remember that i just needed to lie down for about two days and then eventually, <laughs> yeah. I sort of appear, appeared. Well, you know what I mean. Just sort of yeah, hobble no, around no. the yeah. hobble around. I just need to sleep and sleep and sleep, and uh, and then you like start asking yourself, what's what is what is this city? Where have I come to?
0: <laughs> so in this whole journey, I mean, it sounds like you've had this desire and you've had this plan that you wanted to be a writer, and within this year that you did these travels, what happened in that year? Did you literally? start to create stories did you start to think as soon as i'm back in england i am gonna start did, did you already decide that you will have that confidence to win you back
1: just i think the journey oh, I... yeah the journey gave me the confidence i had tried to start writing some fiction when i was in hong kong you know what everyone does in cafes or whatever and it was you know i think every word that i wrote there probably ended up in the in the waste paper basket but um when i when I did the journey I set up a website so I was like right I'm going to record this but the the there was an opportunity to write about my experiences and what I was seeing and I started to feel that joy that you described earlier of like I really get a kick out of just trying to write in an engaging and interesting way and and you know they started becoming not just articles about describing what i was seeing they were more like stories it was entirely at my whatever interested me i could put in these articles it wasn't like i was writing them for some editorial um uh, profile or whatever it, it it was um so you know you got a lot of history you got a lot of culture you get sort of some ridiculous sort of slapstick humor almost um you know a bit of the faith stuff just things i was thinking about quite deeply and and but to to answer your point i started to get feedback of like people obviously engaging with the writing like actually liking the writing for itself so that gave me a lot of confidence after i'd done basically a year of that when i got home i was like i can write i'm a writer you know i i just don't know how you make this game work you know and I thought when I got home, the obvious thing was to write a book about the journey that I'd done. So I started pulling together that. But also I had this idea for for the historical fiction um, books that I've now written. So And, and the reason that, unfortunately, the, the bike book still is, remains unwritten. Um, is because no one no one was interested in that I mean I could have written it I suppose I should have written it anyway Um, but I felt like I had the record there on on this website
0: yeah
1: yeah yeah but it made me think well how do you how how, how do you even begin to a write a novel b turn that into a career I mean and this took I'd say a handful of years to get to that point but having I kind of burned my boats as it were not so much my bridges As like I'm not going back to the law and, mm-hmm. and everyone's like yeah but you can't do this forever can you know I, I was like well I can, I'll keep doing it a little bit longer until until I sort of can land it somehow um and so I I think it was about a year after six months after I got back um that i had a bit of a breakthrough and that i i by then i'd I'd chatted to a friend who was an author and come up with a synopsis which is like a plot beginning middle and end of a novel with a few character sketches and all of that what basically what you would submit to a publisher to say look here's my idea for a book and sent it to her thinking i hope she doesn't think it's complete and utter crap but let's see what she says and she came back saying this is really good and okay. I think it's quite you know, I think this is quite original in its genre you know um which is I suppose swords and splatter people call it like dark age fiction historical epic stuff so she sent it to her agent in Hong in um New York who is this really really top agent and it, I suppose it would have been nice to to bag him straight off but he at least said this is good you know when are you gonna have a a full draft ready, so that was enough um, confidence, enough of a green light for me to go. Oh, oh, maybe this is serious. So I put this other, put the travel book to the side and started writing this book. And about twenty months later, I had, I think, a thousand pages. It was just this. Yeah, I mean, beyond a doorstop. Yeah, but in fact, it, it turned out it was. first two novels i mean they still needed an awful lot of work to get to a a state where they could be published but at least i was like wow that's it i've written a novel like it and and because it's a bit like the bike ride you know if i if i sit in hong kong and go in fact i did this about three days after i left hong kong got out all my maps that took me all the way to uh, back to england and was looking at the two inches i'd come on the map so far already i was pretty shattered and just thinking i can't do it i just it just can't be done and i'm not emotionally strong enough to do this on my own for this (laughs) as long as it's going to take but the writing of a book is similar in that Mm -hmm. if you start saying well i gotta write you know a a big chunky novel how do you do that whereas Mm -hmm. if you start saying well in the biking analogy it was like okay where am I going tomorrow 100 kilometers can manage that you string that together for three months you get to Xi'an for six months you get to cross China a year you get home similar for a book or anything to be honest it's like if you you have the larger vision yeah but if you if you look at the if you sort of compare yourself to the vision too much then you become disheartened and demoralized like I'm nowhere near it and um whereas it's like what just it's that sense of momentum again it's like moving forward if you have a goal if you have a purpose then just move towards it just a step and that's something and and don't be too hard on yourself but at the same time be persevere and be persistent and somehow find a way to um, encourage yourself and be grateful for the progress that you have made and just motivated to keep going
0: like a small setting, the small goals and trying to reach them and award yourself an award but you know acknowledge that hey you've done it, you've made it to here you know rather than thinking oh I'm only gonna be happy with myself when I get to the end it's like just these little bits, I guess
1: yeah exactly exactly. I'm sure that's the sa- the same you know for business projects for, yeah, for those any kind of creative project and you know it's that sense of like also, being open to the fact that it, you would completely and utterly fail and all of that side of things of like failure can just stop you even leaving Hong Kong to, to push the analogy, Do you know, or the fear of failure rather can stop yeah. you. And and you, you don't know what's going to happen. And that is, that is almost the definition of adventure is, is, you know, it's an activity. I've someone's called it an activity without a certain a certain outcome and which is essentially life isn't it so if 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 that's how you have to live life but at the same time we're always trying to control everything aren't we and just say i only want to do it if i know know i'm gonna succeed or know i'm gonna actually make it Mm. and um yeah you'd never go anywhere if that was or that can that can sort of shrink your world rather than expand it
0: so your first novel was um a mighty dawn. So that, so this first draft you talked about, you know, which ended up being two novels. Was that your first two books? So a yeah, mighty it was dawn, a mighty dawn. Seventeen and a sacred S- storm. Sacred,
1: yes, a sacred storm. Um,
0: published in twenty seventeen, I think, in twenty eighteen. Um, yeah. And then the third one was a burning sea, but uh, 2019, I think. And now we have the fourth one in your Wanderer Chronicles, as you call the series. The fourth one, which is coming out on the 5th of October. Um, yeah. um and um you must be so excited.
1: <laughs> I, I mean, am excited. <laughs> this one this one was really yeah. I mean, they're all they're all quite hard in their own way. I mean, to give you an idea, the the, I think the shortest one's 520 pages or something like that. Yeah. Um, so the I, I I've as in many things, I seem to make life quite hard for myself. So just, plot just keeps pouring out of my brain, um, but I, I'm very satisfied with each and every book. Like the the, the vision, if you like, for the five for, for the whole series is five books. Sure. You know that was kind of what it. And, you know, there's, a, there's questions whether I'll, I'll actually get to write, I mean, I will get to, I will write the fifth book. There's questions whether my public current publisher wants to, to publish the fifth book. But anyway, we'll see because series, it's quite difficult to keep a series sustained all the way through and, and, you know, publishers and the, the market demands new stuff often. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, it, it's a, it's a truly epic story and, I think that the certainly the early the first book of Mighty Dawn had a lot of kind of what we just I just described to you in terms of emotion like this guy who just feels wrenched he's you know he's, he, he his his status quo becomes unlivable for certain reasons which I won't give away but so then he has to kind of go out into the world and then it's about him finding his place in the world and and also um yeah just fi- just overcoming this big wound in, in within him um and that was it's it's interesting because the resolution in my own life of those wounds i suppose of the past um has made me far more in- just interested in different things in terms of examining them within my characters so for example the the fourth book that we've just that that is about to come out you've got this essentially a viking warrior who has gone through the coming of age stage you know he's he's a is a, a a warrior who served other great kings and emperors and lords and what have you so this fourth book is really about him stepping forward into being the leader of his own life or leader of not not being someone's you know sidekick as it were and and mm. being the, the 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 kind of I don't know the 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 capable warrior of serving someone else's goals. It's more like he's got to decide decide where he's actually going to take his little band or whatever, and like he's the leader. And that I think that reflects something of what's going on in my own life as well, of like stepping forward and and taking a bit more control of of or decisions about like where I want to go and 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 obviously I have a family now um do you you get a bit older so people looking to you as someone who might be have a bit more influence or or looking to you for leadership and you know there's that sense of what does that mean what does that entail so I think there's there's a lot of examination of that in in this fourth book whilst at the same time being full of the my usual stuff of lots of battles and intrigue and strange goings on in dark woods (laughs) things like that
0: I have, I have um, a mighty dawn here. Yeah. Here, uh, in yes. I bought it. I bought you. Have footage. you read
1: it? <laughs> I, I did,
0: but I must oh, confess, I, I did uh, only, I think <laughs> halfway just because as a mum with two small babies at the time, you know, I just didn't really have the time to read. So one thing I wanted okay. to ask you tonight is, <laughs> are you going to do audio books? Because the only way I get to read these days are listening to books.
1: Oh well, the first one is an audiobook. Oh, it's audiobook. it an audio book? Took about oh, it took about good. five five years to to get it get it done. I can finish it. Now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's it's. I have to say, it's you know, talking the gates that you you go through and like that large, seeing the larger vision and what you the landscape, if you like, that you come to you know, the first thing is like, write a book, can I do that? And then it's like, Oh, can you yeah. get an, someone interested in it, get an agent? Wow, that's a big win. And then a publisher. And then you're sort of you spend about two or three years, having got a publisher, just doffing your cap going, I'm so grateful to be here. It's so great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so happy to be in the room. And then you're like, no I think you need to help me sell some books here (laughs) because because you write the books, so lots of people will read them you know and um but the industry is is very sort of skewed in that you have a few people making you know hundreds of millions or whatever millions of pounds let's say selling selling millions of copies and then probably 90 percent of the rest of of authors um in fiction anyway are kind of playing this game of like trying to get build their profile a bit trying to get some you know sales ticking over here and there so so and and there is this division between whether you're what's called traditionally published by a publishing house and they basically take responsibility for creating the book for selling the book other than whatever you can generate as your own platform if you like um most annoyingly i've interviewed um other authors who who you look at and you go they're amazing at social media they've got just brilliant presence and they're like yeah it doesn't make any difference to sales whatsoever but it's nice to do and you're like that's sort of what i'm going on um but so the audio books took a while because you know again someone's got to look at it and go oh i'm going to make some money doing this investing even though it's not that much to invest in it so it's there's there's been you know it's great that we've got these books out there there's been some challenges as well in terms of like the red carpet doesn't just get rolled out for you as you kind of hope it it would so um but yeah audio books are great hopefully we'll finally get around to doing the others again the challenge that i've made for myself is these quite long books so everything costs a bit more to do
0: yeah, and time the time to do it you know five yeah. pages 600 pages <laughs> but surely yeah time to record that as well
1: yeah
0: um One thing I didn't mention yet was yes, you do historical fiction, but that all of that comes a little bit from your love of that. um, You actually have a Viking background. You come from a Danish, is the Danish, um, Danish pre heritage. That's right. Yeah,
1: Uh, Yeah, quite recently. So, Um, my in that my grandfather, well, my dad is fully Danish. Uh, He didn't. Uh, he was born in England, actually, um, but his both his parents were Danish. So they came. My grandfather came over in the 30s, and um, my grandmother came over two or three years after that. And they, I think, they met in England, okay. um, and and then my dad was born just before the start of the Second World War. So really, we've been sort of English. I, I've been raised as an English person with strong emphasis by two strong patriarchs on how we come from danish stock but weirdly my my grandfather was never that interested in vikings at all it was just not a not a bit of danish culture that he ever emphasized to us it was more um you know the sort of more recent history i suppose you you could say i mean he was very proud of being danish and he spoke with a thick thick accent right up to the end of his life he lived till he was 101 so a lot of it a lot of a lot of how you feel you know again your identity becomes sort of skewed towards those those members of the sort of older generations who are just around more so on my mother's side weirdly i discovered um only this week that in fact one of her ancestors was on on like one of the first boats settling the pilgrim father settling in america so yeah. like on her side, it goes all the way back to sort of 1634. Some guy emigrated from Lincolnshire back to, to um to America. So that's uh, that could be a novel in itself. And he was quite a controversial figure. So but but she doesn't know all of that stuff. So I don't get, you know, I don't get
0: um, that info.
1: No no yeah, it doesn't sort of rub off on me. Whereas mm-hmm. like the Danish thing, every Christmas time comes around. Um, yeah, you don't forget it. And it's fun. You know, i still got cousins there. And, and it's a sort of, it's a funny country. It's, it's, it's very, in some ways, it's very similar to where I'm from in England, which is Norfolk, this very rural agricultural area. Um, and in other ways, it's, yeah, they're, they're completely different people as well, whenever I go and visit them. I- I'm like, okay, I'm not really Danish. I'd like to sort of think of myself to look at maybe I'm mean, a I I i look a bit like that, but in terms of you know the, the 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 kind of makeup of my personality, but maybe not so.
0: You actually studied dark age archaeology at university at Cambridge, um which that actually, so your archaeology and, and anthropology degree that you have then um had and a master's in philosophy, isn't it? That all actually is a great base for 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 your writing because you kind of gone full circle from studying that becoming a lawyer going back now being a writer and all of that must also come in a little bit in your writing or not really
1: no 100 um the only thing I'll say about that is that it was it it sounds like a really fun interesting thing to study but like anything a, a university degree can like suck the life out of pretty much anything i i sort of anticipated i i, I mean scandinavian archaeology was definitely part of it which is what we would all think of as this kind of classic viking stuff um going all the way back to i suppose the turn of the millennium, like zero bc or whatever um and 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 european archaeology as well but it was just it never came alive for me and 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 weirdly the but it was there in terms of some sort of base level knowledge and what have you and the strange thing was it was the whole thing started to come alive when i think it was i was studying in my first year of l- law conversion exams and i got hold of a um i used to listen to classical music when i was uh, revising for exams and i got hold of this cd um that was uh, a friend had recommended Uh, the ring cycle which is Wagner which is all based on these similar stuff like mythological poems um, all the stuff about the Norse gods and everything like that you know that's all in there so I listened to this CD on loop whilst I was learning about legal cases and eventually it's like this is it just got in my head this music and and I still think to this day that it's it's almost the granddaddy if you like the ancestor of all the big kind of epic movie soundtracks that you know not every movie is filled with but things like Gladiator and yeah. uh you know saving private all the, those sort of big epic yeah. movies that the 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 unity of the music with the action and all of that was was all there and and it totally captured my imagination and um even though whilst I was studying to do law, I was reading, digging out texts of, like, the saga of the Volsung and, uh, I don't know, the and and the Norse Edda, the prose Edda, the poetic Edda. Anyway, these old texts. And finally, I was like, things were firing a bit more. So it was weird because I knew all about the material culture, if you like, through the archaeology, which was incredibly useful when it came to actually, even years later, starting to write novels about them because i didn't i I did research of course but i wasn't like i was just digging stuff out of my memory rather than i've never come across this before um so it was useful um but it took a few other layers to to bring it to life
0: it sounds like you already have a soundtrack for your for when your books are made into a movie you know just going oh
1: yeah yeah well actually when i that that because that 20 months i was i was living in norfolk where i'm from my so my family are farmers up there and there was this sort of a spare cottage almost like a worker's cottage on the on the property that i didn't have to pay rent for which was fortunate (laughs) because it meant i could just indulge myself um just writing pages and pages and pages day after day after day but i would listen to a lot of music actually i don't i don't really listen to it so much now when i'm doing that first draft thing now um but back then yes very much so all these yeah the music was very much part of the creative process mm-hmm. and like remember that the any kind of creativity was completely new for me at that point so I mean, maybe this is another thing that worth drawing out was for 34 years or whatever I just had written myself off as like you're just not a creative person I mean you might be able to write because as a lawyer you know that's part of your skill set is crafting language and words and what have you but
0: yeah
1: never never in a month of sundays would i have imagined it's just
0: creative. yeah i mean it
1: just honestly if you'd said even 11 years ago this is where you've been in where i am today i'd be like uh how on earth am i gonna get to that point <laughs> And but the the genius. So I I do I I do feel passionate actually to encourage people that you know like you do with these podcasts. Like there's a creative stream in people. Mm. It's like a seams of creativity that often, for reasons that are not even their fault, historically, if they go back their timeline back in their life, there's probably come a moment where they just were told no. You know, like I remember I remember a builder guy who was doing some work for me once and he was saying that he was quite good at the guitar but he was left-handed when he was a teenager and then he had a teacher who just said no 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 no, you can't play the guitar left-handed and he couldn't afford to buy another guitar so he just gave up and it was like that teacher just cut him off and you know, I think that happens to a lot of people so the rediscovery of the imagination and the ability to create and now I can see you know, I, I mean yes I write in these these big historical books but I do, I, I've got other projects going on like ghost writing mm-hmm. um, children's, uh, kids sort of fantasy adventure novels this is a sort of new thing, I've written a screen pl- couple of screenplays, I've done memoirs and stuff which is still sort of non-fiction but still writing and you're telling stories um and so it's sort of the more the imagination i've discovered is an amazing thing like the more you ask of it the more it gives and then it gives more and more and more but often you know the 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 writer's bane if you like is procrastination and just kind of letting everything it's like a a motorboat getting up onto the plane you know and like Suddenly it feels easy, but if as soon as you just let it sink a bit, it's like you've got to do all that work to get it going again. Um, and that's, in my experience anyway, how you, how imagination seems to to work. So the more you use it, the more you're, like, demanding of it, the more – and it just comes up with an incredible thing. I, I learned this trick the other day, which I think I picked up on on Instagram. Some You know how, I don't know, on your feed sometimes you get, like, 10 life tips that are really, really helpful <laughs> – and it's just completely random stuff. But one thing jumped out at me because I was completely stuck on coming up with this synopsis for this kid's fantasy book that I, I'm working on. I did not know what happened next. And the, the the suggestion was like, when you go to bed, ask your subconscious this question and you'll wake up and it will give you the answer in the morning. And, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to try this. And sure enough, in the middle of the night, I had this like penny drop moment I was like, okay, that's interesting. I, I'm going to use that that yeah. technique yeah. again, and and so you're learning stuff all the time about how to make use of what I suppose was always in there, mm. but you just didn't know it. And so, so again, to come back to what we said at the beginning, like that life that just felt so far away from somehow I could sense in me the tr- the trueness, the the the, the 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 true version of me. And, I, you know, I know you and I share, share a faith. So it, there is that question of, um, you know, are we the authors of our own selves or is there an author of us? Is there a creator of us? And 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 I think the way my life has panned out has been this sort of discovery, this journey towards what I was actually made to be rather than just like. Oh, now I've I feel like I'm gonna go over here I mean I I think about this and I think, well could someone look at my life and go no no that is what you're doing you're just you just feel like you want to go over here so you go over there and therefore and then you look back and go yes I've made my life happen um but you, you know you can you know from the internal feeling of like this sense of rightness like you're you're coming into line with something rather than, you're just creating something new and running with that if that makes sense
0: it totally makes sense it's um you know it's like when you have that some people call it a gut feeling or just something in your soul that feels Mm. happy when you know you are so you know you just sometimes know when you are doing something that is not really what you want to do or whether it's the right thing for you and just just doing it just because you need to go through the motions and like you say oh today I feel like okay fine I'm going this way but other times you know that this is desiring desire in your heart for for whatever reason that the desire is placed there because actually you are here to go on a certain path and -hmm. you have that inner feeling that whether you are on the right path or not but sometimes we choose or we are too scared to go on that one I mean for me I think you, you you just mentioned about um creativity gets more and better the more you use it but for me it's mm. just that fear again what you talked about that fear of actually getting it out there like you know showing your product showing your creativity and you don't know if somebody's actually really gonna like it mm. um you know it's from my music you know scared to play a solo on the violin or piano you know when I was younger and still now because maybe people don't think it's nice or beautiful. And then the time is when you actually just go and you do it and you just feel like, oh my goodness, this was just creative and so wonderful and people loved it. And you know, you've you've, you've touched this thing that you can't describe and touch, which is just passion and like you say, creative, you, you created something. But I think that's where I have a lot of respect for what you've done is doing it, putting it out there you know and then obviously you know got it you you, you got that um feedback that this was actually great and just continuing with it and just you know four books short books short stories I know that you wrote um I know with your wife being an actress you've like you just said you've 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 written co-written as I understand a short story a film that also got a few awards um Mm. a short film is all these new creative things that is totally different than and Theo the, um, the lawyer <laughs> and I think I guess the more you use this creativity the more things just come up and the more you get the mm. the the, the, um, the self-confidence that actually you know what I have is a gift that I mm. need to use and I need to share so mm. it takes it takes a lot of guts I think but also just look at the life that you've created um, mm. it's amazing to now say you are alive
1: really feel alive yeah yeah no i i can 100% say that and uh thank you for the kind things that you've said just then but i i i think yeah it's it's um it doesn't mean that you you know you found the answer and then you kind of just uh running going tra la la off into the sunset (laughs) you know what i mean like even today i'm just like why am i being distracted you know, you, you, you there are always challenges, I guess, and but the one thing that I can't, can't really sort of let go of is the my fascination with story. Full stop. You know, like any story, I, I, if I have an addiction, it's to start things. An a, addiction and a distraction. You know, we've all got umpteen streaming services and all the rest of it. That feeling of like when you just click on something and click a button and you just know a story is gonna be told to you and then after 10 minutes you realize it's not a very good story but it's that moment do you know what I mean like yeah, it's
0: a new story and I'm gonna know the story there's something, it's
1: just totally compelling and I think because I, I have an interest in in people and like people's motives and how people go about facing the challenges and mm. and yeah just trying to understand and understand people but so that it could be in a short story it could be in a in a screenplay it could be in a massive novel um you know that obviously it's about creating a livelihood that brings in some money from that I suppose And, and and you know is there value in whatever you can create in that realm is there sufficient value that someone will actually pay you something for it and and happily i've discovered it's not it's not even close it's not even a factor of close to like the last salary check i got from my magic (laughs) circle law firm but you know we're still here Um, (laughs) and 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 i still have you know the next project to, to pour myself into and that's that's really all i would ask of um you know let's say reality um I don't need to be sort of have universal recognition or even everyone like the stuff that I produce. I mean, it is, you're right, it is very exposing um writing a novel. I mean, if you, goodness knows if you ever if you ever read this last novel, I think you'll look at me slightly differently. Um I remember the heart <laughs>
0: of Mighty Dawn already. I was like,
1: oh, phew, wow. Oh yeah. Well, in all senses. I mean, in a weird in a weird way, this was very much. This was kind of my lockdown novel if you like because i got stuck on it coming out of lockdown and then and then the sort of fallout from lockdown the whole world seemed to change and it was all quite negative and that definitely comes through in in writing it was quite challenging within the stage that my kids were at one kid in particular he was just not sleeping and so i didn't stop I, I, my sleep was incredibly disrupted for a period um well both of us, to be honest and but i realized that it really and then and then i started doing some research about like the brain chemicals involved in sleep and and the failure to process them inhibits creativity so there were times where i was just sitting at a blank page going i just i don't know this is like horror i don't know what comes next and when i sorted that problem out suddenly it all started flowing again so so there's there's lots of elements to think about in terms of the challenges that you face in order to kind of keep the motor running and, and keep keep that sort of you know the life coming out of you that creative life coming out of you and for me it's in books for you it's podcasts and other forms of and music and um and for other people it might be creative entrepreneurial ideas whatever it is um but it's that it's that bubbling forth of like a fountain something's coming out and when that when you feel that kind of cutting off somehow you need to look at what you're doing with your life Look, look at making some changes in order to kind of bring that back and you know you can sense it in yourself whether it's whether it's happening or not i think so
0: with all these projects that you're busy with is there anything that is next that's in the pipeline or that you would love to do still in future
1: uh i'd love to um i'd love to write a, a sort of blockbuster obviously a blockbuster okay. but like a contemporary i've got an idea for a contemporary thriller okay. Oh, so and again books i mean most of the most things i kind of want to do are, are in book form um, and but this would be like completely, you know, jump into another genre yeah. and see whether that that worked. Um, again, it's p- probably because of a need to process a lot of the stuff that you, one ingests, one sort of absorbing from the world. I think we, uh, most people can agree it's get, everything just feels very divided and quite crazy. And if you haven't got anywhere to, well, that's if you're paying attention. Either you just stop paying, cut yourself off from that, stop listening. And then that's one way of sort of defending yourself from that. But otherwise, it's like processing that into some something that I can sort of push out and away from me. And that would be in the form of a book, let's say, about, I don't know, crazy things going on in the world.
0: <laughs> that sounds very exciting and i hope you would do that um you um you also have your own podcast i don't know if i've mentioned that yet um and I, I, I do i do
1: the, the the history quill podcast which actually we've just we've been commissioned for a second season so that's positive um yeah. we've done uh six episodes in the first season in season one and this autumn we'll be recording six or seven more I think actually so it's been great I love I love podcasts is a great sort of format um my my as my wife would say my tangential way of speaking seems to (laughs) it seems to makes make space for that on these kind of uh, long-form conversations but I mean it just means that you can you can rove around a bit and i quite enjoy that in a conversation yeah,
0: exactly and um i think you're you know like you mentioned you are interested in people's stories you're interested in you know how people do things i know that podcast specifically is also talking to other um, uh, writers i think most of them are also historical fiction writers yeah I think I've listened yeah
1: it's for the audience is historical fiction writers rather than readers so it's for people you know who may have been trying to write, got some novel gathering dust in their drawer or you know carrying on their, their normal working job but want to put, you know improve their skills or push themselves in that area. so it's uh yeah, we interview other other authors about their experience of particular slices of the historical fiction pie as it were challenges within the publishing industry how to kind of get somewhere within it so we, we've had fun with with uh, well all our guests, but two two or three in in particular as well.
0: But yeah, you you have a big interest in people and their stories, and I think that um, that's obviously why you do that, and and all your your stories, like you've mentioned, that you write. And I think that's probably where we we have that thing in common. That for me, it's I think this is why I started this podcast as well is to understand the story behind the person and why they're doing something and and. just understand the person, but I have a list, like I mentioned before, (laughs) so much respect for people who have been on a journey, went for a dream, made a change, you know, decided, oh, I want to start this business, you know, from scratch. And then, you know, they did it or make a life change, lifestyle change or a direction Mm. in life change like you did, or just people who... know who had really difficult circumstances whether it's an illness or anything they overcome and and that's the aim of this you know it's just to it's i love it i love it to to speak to people and, and to hear their stories and to to understand and i find inspiration from it so um there's so much inspiration in your story and so much um in there and i think um Hopefully people have lots of questions now and they're going to go and try and find your blog because I remember your blog was so good about your journey and you can't tell everything about your whole journey to us.
1: I know. I'll have to um, make sure that the... because I was having to pay like $40 a year to some web web hosting company (laughs) which occasionally would send an invoice. I'd be like oh yeah still gonna keep this going oh, just, just, it just, just seemed a shame you. to. it seemed a shame to let it die So no, I just you know. it, but.
0: but maybe just put all of that in a book why don't you just you know get all of that no, I must, I you must, to write? Must. You just take the whole blog and, and 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 make it a book just don't do anything to well, it well i
1: i don't worry this this niggles me now and then um mainly because now my daughters are getting older i i definitely want to have yeah. a book to give to them it's not i i i've you know i've tried to wave it in front of wave the idea in front of publishers noses and they're like wow you know you didn't lose a leg you weren't oh you weren't kidnapped by bandits and you're not bare grills so um you know we might pass but you know it's still good to if for the book to exist i can show it to my kids because as far as they're concerned all i'm interested in is books like i do nothing but sit (laughs) at a desk write and read books so this hopefully this story will prove to them that once upon a time i i was a bit more active (laughs) very very
0: very very interesting and courageous and adventurous Oh, very cool dad Um, (laughs) thank thank you you so much thank you so much for, for for speaking to me today and for sharing your story and if there is some last message that you can give to everybody on something that you've learned and a message you want to, want to leave people with, um, what would that be?
1: If I was to sum it up, I would say this, be who you are. And that's it. But that can be taken and interpreted in a few different ways, but be who you are sometimes requires a journey of 10,000 miles in order to find (laughs) out who that, who that person is. But, um, don't hesitate to go on that journey if that's what it will take
0: it's a worthwhile journey mm. yeah. thank you so much that's really beautiful and um where can people find you
1: um well i'm quite active on instagram so at theo brun. uh i didn't give myself the full name there so at theo brun on instagram and then on twitter st- i'm still there at theodore Brunn. And you can find me on Facebook as well, just Theodore Brun, author, I think. Okay. And I wish- on my website, in fact, which is www.theodorebrun.com. So you probably could have guessed that one. <laughs> <laughs> but
0: Theodore Brun, yeah, the
1: whole Theodore. Yeah, Theodore. Show. Theo is, uh, I suppose, yeah, friend. Uh, that's, that's what I'm known mm-hmm. as, but my professional name is Theodore mm-hmm. Brun.
0: But I'll make sure to put all of those links anyway in the notes of the podcast. Well, if you have not had the first three books in the series, go and get them. Start with a mighty dawn, obviously. But otherwise, you know, uh, which you
1: can get on audiobook,
0: (laughs) (laughs) which Liesel will now Now. get on audiobook, (laughs) which I will do, you know, to listen to. Finally, finishing it and then wait for the next ones on audiobook. So I would love to read them. Um, I can just honestly say I have not read any big book for seven for seven years or eight years now since since the first child was born. Um, but Savage Moon is coming out. It is the fifth of October, isn't it? I have the date right. Yes, it is. And oh, Theo, I am. Um, I'm sure we're going to have. well, hopefully see so many more creative things of you in the future. Um, I'm waiting for a movie. I'm waiting for one of those books to go into a movie one day <laughs> with, with, with the Wagner yes. soundtrack Yes. Well,
1: yeah. Keep praying. Um, um well thank you so much lisa it's it's honestly a joy to reminisce a bit and and try and make sense of you know how i've gone from one place to another but just such a joy to spend some time with you and exactly. hope we'll see each other in in person soon
0: we'll keep an eye on everything that you're doing and i'm just wishing you all the best and so much so much um success and joy and love in what you do for future and um yeah i look forward to seeing you very soon again thanks so much. Me too.
1: Thank you, Lizzo. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you have been enjoying the show, I would be so grateful if you could follow and rate and leave a review on whichever platform you are using. It all helps to make the show grow and means the world to me. Until next time, have a wonderful day.